When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast we call our Tuesday edition game plan. Along with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland, who was in midseason form. I think, you know what I'm giving all credit to? What's that? No Friday afternoon remote. So you were <laughs> able to rest and get ready. The voice was all good to go. I tell you, it, uh, the, the Sooners did not give us an opportunity to ease into the season. <laughs> no. I mean, they came out guns a-blazing on Saturday. It was so, awesome. Uh, with the early touchdowns and the blocked punt and a 28-point onslaught in the first quarter and I think 42 at halftime, it was pretty easy to um, get geared up quickly. So that was, that was a fun game. I mean, I w- could not have been more impressed with the way Oklahoma played on Saturday. I was a little disappointed in how sloppy Florida Atlantic looked, Ooh. honestly. I think that um, uh, I expected them to be better than that, but you got to give some credit, a lot of credit to Oklahoma for making them look as sloppy as they were. But when you get a delay of game on the first snap of the game, <laughs> it's a bad sign. Time-honored tradition of a team that everyone loved coming into the game nationally, talking about Florida Atlantic and – how they're going to come in here and they're going to surprise the world. And then when Oklahoma beats them, oh, they're not that good. They're right. Right. Well, but that's what we do in football. That's what we yeah, do, yeah, yeah. I, I guess. The um, team is tough until you beat them and then they weren't any good. UCLA coming up this weekend. We'll get to that. Welcome to the show. I wanted to say thanks to everyone for subscribing and downloading. We had 
Uh, we're coming off our biggest month ever for downloads in August. Last week was our biggest week ever for downloads, so y'all are pretty excited. And we got the post-game show up. Sorry it was a little bit late, but it is it's, – it's, Going to end up being our most downloaded show Good. of the past week. So, so how does that work? We we uh, for people out there listening, we do the post game on radio, right? Correct. And then it right. immediately gets turned around, or, or as quickly as possible, gets turned around and posted as a podcast. If you missed it, correct. Okay. Now I, I could get into the nuts and bolts of why it took a little bit longer this no week. No need. No need. No need to. I'm sure it involves. I, I figured out, you know better than I do, that when it involves going through. Google and iTunes and Apple and all that kind of stuff. You're at their mercy a lot at of the At their mercy time. a little yeah. bit. And, and um, boy, the files for the game broadcasts are not short. It's large. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it takes a little it's bit. like an hour time. and a half, right? Yeah, like that. yeah it, was, it was pretty. But it was fun, and I'm, I'm glad everyone's checking it out. And, again, we start the week off. Then tomorrow you'll get the Lincoln Riley Coaches Show, which will be live from Rudy's. But you can download. I listen to it on the podcast last Can week. I talk about our broadcast for a second before we sure, get into some things? Because um, we've changed up a couple of things. And we didn't really talk about it too much Well, last No, week. we didn't. Um, but things uh, got finalized. And and um, I think Friday night we were able to kind of break some news. But um, we have moved Teddy Lehman up to the booth this year. Um, and he is helping us out as kind of a color analyst in the booth on a uh, play-by-play basis as the action's going on. Coach Merv is still with us. Coach is helping us out in pregame and halftime and postgame and periodically throughout the game as well. And then we brought in as an analyst from the field this year a new member of our team, Gabe Eichard, who everyone uh, around here loves. He's uh, very knowledgeable, obviously. Very from being an, now, too. Uh, yeah, from being an All-American center back in the day. He's also funny, and uh, he had me cracking up on the broadcast on Saturday, and uh, he's down there with you uh, watching things from field level. So we're excited. Kind of a new twist, a new rank, wrinkle on our radio broadcast this year, and one weekend, I'm loving it. Yeah, oh, I dug it. It was great. Uh, and Roof is still with us in the pregame and the postgame show. Uh, it was fun. He and I got a chance to pretty much do the pregame show by ourselves with all the TV responsibilities. So we got a, we've got a crew that could probably go out and win a few games, or at least well, contribute a little bit with Taddy, Rufus, and Gabe. This is off the top of my head, so I'm going to miss some. But but on our radio crew now, we have a Butkus, a Bednarik, a Warful, right? Two Big Twelve Defensive Players of the Year, right? I think seven or eight All Americans combined. And if my math is correct, I think five national championships when you add in Merv and, uh, you know, what he did at Notre Dame and at Oklahoma, and then you and me. (laughs) (laughs) I think I said I I won an American Women in Radio and Television Award. (laughs) And I want to know, A.B., you got a couple of Emmys. So I, I need to get there. i got to step my game up. Maybe there's some sort of podcast awards out there we yeah. can get. Well, there's got to be. But, but I'll say this much. Gabe was great on the sidelines because – and, I, you know, Gabe was a guy that stayed pretty healthy. But when he had an injury that went down like Austin Kendall, mm-hmm. he's, um, he was very much in tune with exactly that. what he was dealing with, and he understood it. So that was really cool. And a sharp guy, and it was crazy when – I don't know if this is going too far behind the curtain, but we weren't able to necessarily communicate because of a couple of transmitter issues. And right off the top, whenever FAU got hit with that penalty, he, I mean, he's running over to grab the mic. He knew he's like new rules. He's like, that's as unprepared as you can be. And we're just telling it to each other. Yeah. (laughs) No, he explained, um, 
Very quickly, three or four things that uh, FAU had done wrong according to new rules in the opening possession. I thought that was great. Some stuff in there I didn't know either. Plus, we got you know an offensive guy in Gabe on the field and a defensive guy in, in Teddy in the in the booth. So hopefully we've got it covered on all angles. Hey, I was going to pose this. Um, I, I brought it up, and it was cool to be up there for this fi- final segment. But that was that was insanely hot down on the field on Saturday. I mean, it was. It was a challenge. I don't know. Is you got anything else you want to add on the broadcast? We need okay. I don't know if we say it enough, but just the commitment that has been made, and I'm not sure. I, I meant to text Tiff before we started this, but I think this is about year four or five, maybe five. Sounds about right. But Oklahoma was on the cutting edge of taking nutrition as seriously as they have. Right. And you know, Teddy always jokes that his recovery meal was a bag of burgers. You know, whenever he. <laughs> After he was uh, finished, and I just – I think – I was watching LSU in Miami last night, and you had cramp after cramp after cramp and timeout. And Did you notice any cramping? None. I didn't see one. That's amazing. I saw a little extra stretching for Ronnie Perkins at one point. They were working with his back a little bit, but that was it. I mean, that was – That's amazing. That was – and I just – through all of that yesterday and knowing how much more pleasant it's hopefully going to be next Saturday unless there's rain involved. But it just – I think, Toby, it speaks a lot to something that maybe doesn't get talked about enough, and that's how serious they've taken an element of, of I guess, body care, if you will, right. and your health that hadn't really been there for the better part of the last 30, 40, 50 years. No, it's a, it's a major emphasis for really the entirety of the athletic department. And – specifically and, and most showcased the football program. Right, and right. it started many years ago, and it's it's the nutrition element. It is the concussion concern element that Scott Anderson has been at the so forefront good. of for a long time, and now you see kind of the, the bubble helmets that they're using in practices and stuff is the next step of avoiding that. There's, of course, the hydration element, and there is no – logical, defendable reason at all that you can't be a high-quality championship-caliber team, football, basketball, or otherwise, and not at the same time um, be concerned and take care of these young men and women physically. Amen. And I think they're – is an old school thought that you got to make them run till they puke. You know, I heard that when I was in college. No and, water and you, breaks. No water breaks. Yeah, we're, we're sweating it out of you. You're not going to put it right back in. And that's stupid. That was all stupid thinking. And we've, we've learned from that. And it's not about getting soft. It's about being smart and trying to keep young, young men and women safe and prolong careers and keep people from dying in practices and, and things like that. So... Um, Kudos to, again, I mean, it all goes back to Joe. I mean, at the forefront of, of making sure this is a point of emphasis. Uh, and we, we see it in football because it's the marquee sport around here. But it's really a, across the board the effort that is made in, in uh, health with uh, these young men and women. And, and that's amazing. I mean, it was hot. It was, it was hot. I think it was – there's a couple of interesting elements here. It was like 94 with a heat index of 98 Saturday. Now, we have had hotter days than that. We've had heat indices well into the hundreds. And it, you said it was as hot as you've ever felt. And I've heard several people who were at the game say it's as hot as they've ever felt. 
and I'm wondering if it has to do with the bowling in of the stadium. I'm wondering if the oh, if the breeze isn't getting through that. the south end like maybe it did in the past, uh, or not. Maybe that has nothing to do with it. I like it. It was hot. I mean, it was, but um, the the fact that it was that hot and it's the first game of the year and we didn't have guys all over the place with cramps is pretty unbelievable. So with that said, some takeaways that you had. Now, granted, I think we had a little bit of history today because is for those that don't listen, just we add the Lincoln Riley press conference to the end of this this podcast. So if you missed it, then we have the full podcast. It might still be going on. It was a long one. It was. The, it's the first time I think that we kind of had to we had to bail out a little bit on the TV side to make sure we fit our window. Based on how long, I think it went over 45 minutes today. So you have the full Lincoln Riley presser coming up here in just a bit. But before we look ahead, Toby, let's look back. I mean, so many things, so many positives. And when you have a 63-14 game, it's it's kind of hard to nitpick, isn't it? Yeah, I think the <laughs> – no, it, there's really nothing to complain about. I thought the great news of today is that it, Lincoln Riley said that Austin Kendall's injury is um, – you know, not too serious. I think his exact word was nothing too significant. And it doesn't sound like, to me, that sounds like it's not a torn ACL or MCL or a season-ending type situation. Which is great. Yeah, I mean, because when it happened, and the fact that they took him off the field on a cart, um, I thought it was, I thought that's the last time we'll see Austin Kendall this year. So, doesn't sound like he's going to play against UCLA, and that's understandable, and I don't know how long it's going to be before uh, the swelling goes down and he's okay to play again. But it sounds like they are going to get him back, which is not a small thing. And we've talked about a lot in the lead-up to this year that Kyler Murray in his baseball career has been injury-prone. And you worry a little bit about that going into the season. And if Austin Kendall was gone for the year, then all of a sudden a true freshman in all likelihood and Tanner Mordecai – is the backup, and that's a scary proposition. I think Tanner Mordecai may end up being a great quarterback here, but that's a scary proposition if, if that's the case. So the fact that Austin is, um, you know, seemingly uh, nothing too significant is what Lincoln said is uh, very good news. Um, I thought, golly, they played great in every facet. Kyler was great. Running, running backs, game was great. <laughs> running backs were great. Offensive line dominated. Yeah. Wide receivers made tough catches and uh, blocked downfield like madmen. Uh, defensively, I'm not real smart when it comes to defensive. That's why we got Teddy. That's right. And I look forward to after games for Teddy to say, here's what went well and here's what didn't go well and all that kind of stuff. But even I could tell on Saturday they were flying to the ball unlike we've seen in a, in a while. And the swarming and the, and the athleticism and the speed defensively seemed to certainly be upgraded. It's game one. There's more games to go. It was Florida Atlantic. I understand all that. We were pretty excited after the Ohio State game a year ago about this defense, and it and it unraveled a little bit on them after that. But I'd rather they start like this than we're coming out of game one with guys running open in the secondary and missing tackles and yep. Florida Atlantic put 35 on the board against them or whatever. It's a great start. Uh, for the defense. I thought Curtis Bolton was great. Uh, he earned Defensive Player of the Week honors in the Big 12, and we didn't even know if he was starting or not until he ran out on the field on Saturday. And I'm telling you right now, he's not losing that starting job this week because he played great. I thought 
guys like Ronnie Perkins, a true freshman on that defensive line, looked tremendously athletic. Uh, Deshaun White came in and looked tremendously athletic, and and there was no hesitation uh, trying to figure out what's going on. They were just flying right. around. Um, secondary looked solid. I don't know that they got severely tested. I don't think the FAU quarterbacks were that accurate. But it's special teams, you know, they block a punt and uh, kick them all through the end zone. I guess he missed a 56-yarder or whatever it was. But other than that, it's as clean and dominant of a season-opening performance against what we thought was a pretty good football team, as I can remember. I have a hard time finding one better, you know, against what we thought was a, a good football team. So – it's going to be interesting to see what FAU does now from now on. Yeah, you know, they got they got central they got UCF in two weeks. Yeah, they go down and play in Orlando. Do we in look two back weeks. and say, uh, you know, maybe maybe in three four weeks they're one and whatever, and we're like, oh, right. they're not what we thought. Maybe they're four and one, and we're like, yeah, that's a great win, a heck of a win. You know, it's going to be interesting. I can't wait for next Saturday. I will not. I mean, I li- I want to live every day, but I wouldn't mind fast forwarding to Saturday a little bit just to see UCLA coming in. I know they got beat by Cincinnati. It's a different level of athlete. It's Power 5 school. I think they're going to make an improvement from game one to game two. But I I dig having known names. I dig whenever we played, obviously, the Notre Dames here and the Tennessees. And for me, Toby, growing up, I, I would watch UCLA like crazy because of Troy Aikman. And I can remember Troy Aikman versus Rodney Pete. And I grew up with the running backs they had uh, – Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. They had, and that's not the basketball player. Maurice Jones-Drew. MJD. Yep. Uh, Deshaun Foster was yep. a running back. Corey Poss. I, I, I used to really enjoy UCLA football. So, for me, it's kind of fun to see a team like this coming in. With that said, one final look back, because you and I talked about this this morning. I hope now we can bury that narrative that, oh, well, Caleb Kelly, something's wrong. There's nothing wrong with Caleb Kelly. There's something right about Curtis Bolton. And he's got to stay healthy. And he's got to stay on the field. Caleb had six tackles as well. But, man, Curtis Bolton went out and and won that job, period. And this isn't about something someone didn't do. This is about something that a guy went out and did. I th- yeah, no, no, no. Absolutely agree, 100%. Don't know why I'm yelling and getting so mad. Just quit yelling at me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, I absolutely agree. I think it's a fascinating spot that – Mike Stoops and Tim Kish have now on the defensive side of the ball, um, especially because they've lost Addison Gums now. Yep. And so there's a starter's gone. In past years, you've got a guy like Caleb Kelly who doesn't win a starting job, but he's obviously very talented, and you want to figure out a way to get him on the field. So maybe you move him to another position. or I mean, I guess that's the only answer. Maybe you move him to another position because you want your best 11 on the field. But – they might just be at a point right now where their depth is good enough that they're like, you know what, there's nothing wrong with having two really good will linebackers. You. Uh, we can rotate them in and out. We can give them a blow once in a while. Uh, we feel confident about the backup. You know, if the linebacker position was like the running back position at OU, like, well, who cares that Rodney Anderson's on the bench? We like Trey Sermon. Right. Here comes Marcellius Sutton. Oh, by the way, we still got TJ Pledger and Kennedy Brooks and – on and on and on. That depth hasn't existed defensively the last few years, but it's starting to look like it's there now, especially in the front seven. The ability to rotate on that defensive line 
to get a guy like Ronnie Perkins on the field, off the bench, and he's making plays. Um, when you've got Caleb Kelly running second string, <laughs> you're pretty deep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, so I I think Caleb Kelly could play in the NFL. Physically, talent-wise, he is gifted enough to be an NFL football player and, and like, dominate on the field. The fact that he lost this battle with Cur- Curtis Bolton what you're saying and what I agree with is that is less a condemnation on Kurt, on Caleb Kelly and more a credit to Curtis Bolton. Right. Because he went out and won the job and is playing at a really high level right now. Buzzy. It was all over the field. Mm-hmm. He's recovering blocked punts in the end zone. He's throwing his head in there on tackles. He plays with reckless abandon. And I love watching him play. So – Watching them try to figure out the best way to use Caleb Kelly, I think, will be fascinating going forward. All right, man. Well, uh, have a great rest of your week. I've got a big responsibility this week, don't I? I'm you, very excited about this. You've got this. the man this week, the Lincoln-Riley pregame interview. I hope I don't screw it up. Remember Chris have Farley on Saturday Night Live? in you. It's like, Lincoln, remember that call you made? It was awesome. <laughs> this could be a Wally Pip situation. <laughs> this hey, co- I, I just want to say this. By the way, Kudos to whoever was it Eddie that noticed that he had switched from the visor to the ball cap in the second half. I don't know. That's did um, you even notice that? I, I didn't. Did. I didn't notice that. It is. It is brilliant. There's it's a brilliant. little bit of a of a balding going on up there. <laughs> so I wonder if it's not gonna. I wonder if the call. I'm, we'll flush this out Tuesday night. Tuesday in night the coach's, coach's corner. I wonder if the call came down or a text or something from the wife, <laughs> and said, "Hey." Maybe want to go to the ball cap, or if he was just feeling the heat on the gotcha. head. Yeah, I feel that. So I feel we'll fl- we'll flush it out Tuesday night. Have fun at Rudy's Toby, and we'll can't wait for Saturday. All right, see you, bud. All right, Lincoln Riley's next right here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Uh, first, looking back on the on the uh, Florida Atlantic game, I uh, think felt pretty much after watching the tape, felt very similar to what we did after the game. Uh, Proud of the way our guys played. Again, very proud of our, our crowd. Just a, a great team effort all the way around. Fans, players, coaches, everybody in the in the first half, especially of the game. Uh, like a lot of first games, there were some really exciting things to see. You know, I like the energy effort that we played with. The the mo- the enthusiasm was really really good. Uh, mentality. Uh, you know, a, a really nice start there. It's never as good as you think it is in a game like that, and the film proved that true. Uh, you go back, and there's a million things that we got to do better. Coaching-wise, players got to do better. Guys are going to have to grow. Uh, very typical for the first game, but obviously a lot of you know really good stuff, too. So I uh, think it was a, a pretty good start. Um, so excited about that. And like I said, we're, we're not going to be defined by that game. We're going to be defined by how we continue to improve as a team, and if we'll continue to grow, if we can stay healthy, the mentality on this team can continue to, to develop, then, uh, then then you know we could have a successful year. So excited, excited for the team and the opportunities ahead. Uh, injury-wise, real quick, uh, we expect to get Charleston Rambo back this week. You know, which that'll be a big positive. Uh, came out of the game pretty clean the other day. Uh, Austin Kendall, uh, you know, nothing too significant with his uh, with his lower uh, leg injury. Um, we'll we'll see how he's doing. You know, he's he's you know, there's nothing just immediate that's gonna just absolutely force him out for a long period of time. But at the same time, there was, you know, it was a, a pretty solid impact, and so you know, there's 
you know, mobility, swelling, all those things are going to be an issue. So, you know, we don't, I, I don't know if he's going to be able to play or not. Um, it's just going to really depend on how, you know, his leg responds to treatment and, and some of the rest that he's, you know, had already and will get early in this week. And then we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll start repping, you know, Tanner Schaefer and Tanner Mordecai, uh, having those two guys ready if Austin's not ready to go. And again, it's, a little open-ended. We're going to see how he progresses and hope to have him back soon, but also got to have the other guys ready. Uh, everybody else injury-wise was pretty clean, so expect to have the, the, the full group back with the addition of Rambo uh, this week. So um, obviously, a, you know, important non-conference game, you know, a great historical program, a ton of great athletes with the UCLA program and a game that, you know, it's, I know it's exciting. To our fan base, it's it's exciting for our players. I think it'll get the attention of you know uh, nationally too because of the matchup and not a not a very traditional matchup, but another of a kind of long line of you know really good non-conference games that we've scheduled and had an opportunity to play here. So we're we're excited about this one. Uh, you know, watching watching those guys, obviously the the impact of Chip Kelly. You know, it's just one game in, but you can see offensively, you know that. You know, you see that they do what he does, and uh, they're they're going to continue to get better and better at it. They've got some really good players. Uh, know they're, you know, obviously they played two a couple of quarterbacks uh, the other day uh, that transferring from Michigan uh, that played some for them, and then uh, and then a young kid that that came in from Las Vegas that's uh, really athletic. Looks like he's got a chance to be a really good player. So. You know, we'll have to prepare for all those different guys, and 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 obviously, uh, you know, knowing Coach Kelly, his his reputation offensively, they're going to continue to to challenge you, to play fast, uh, put you in tough situations defensively. So, I think it'll be potentially, you know, good news for us in playing, a, you know, an offensive scheme, not exactly the same, but has a lot of characteristics of what we saw last week as far as the tempo. Uh, creative play designs um, and needing to handle that well will again be a key this week for us defensively. Um, so looking forward to the challenge. Uh, we are. There's a lot of really good athletes when you turn on the tape. You know, they're, they, they look great on the hoof and they're, you know, they, they did a lot of really good things, played very well defensively in the second half against Cincinnati. Um, you know, you see some big, good looking guys, especially the outside linebacker, 15. He's a, he's a grown man, makes a lot of plays. Very experienced secondary, uh, guys with a lot of starts, very, very quality players there. So going to be a great challenge, great great out-of-conference game, matchup that we're looking forward to. And uh, so we're looking forward, you know, again, we got to have a, another great home crowd. You know, 12 o'clock kick, everybody gets to sleep an extra hour this week. That's how we'll look at it as a positive. And uh, so uh, should be a great, great atmosphere. Uh, appreciate it last week. and. It's got to be even better this week, and we as a team have got to be better. So we'll go to work on it this week and, and make sure we're ready to do our part. So you, with that, we'll go questions. How would your freshman grade out? Any in particular? We played a bunch of them. Um, Perkins? Perkins played well. Uh, Perkins was, I would say, one of the highlights as far as the young guys. Um, thought he, as much as any of them, just really looked like he belonged from the first snap. You know, got off some blocks, made some plays, was really close to making a couple others, but with not playing just a ton of snaps, he, he had an impact on the game. Uh, you know, Buki did some good things back there, had a few tackles that he's got to finish, but, you know, he plays aggressive and decisive, you know, more than you see from most freshmen for sure. Um, uh, don't think off the top of my head. Any others? Drake. Yeah, Drake played well, uh, caught a couple of balls. Um, 
you know, kind of played like he has. He missed a few assignments, you know, that he's got to do better on. But, you know, I think he was – you kind of saw what we've been saying. I mean, he, he tends to make the plays when he's got an opportunity to do it. And he's just got to become a more consistent player. But thought he – Thought he did some nice things for us. I thought the second O line came in, you know, Creed leading those guys at center. I thought our second O line came in and did some encouraging things. Uh, encouraged by uh, Adrian Ely, Tyrese Robinson, especially those two. I thought they really played well on the right side there uh, with our second offensive line. Um, uh, Braden Willis did some good things. Uh, most of the freshmen were probably about like we thought, you know, some mistakes, but they're, they, I don't know that we had anybody out there that we, came back and after the film said, you know what, they're, they're not ready yet or they don't belong. So I thought it was a positive step for our young guys. Deshaun is one of the guys that, uh, one of the freshmen also, can you talk about how he played, but then also if you, the who, possibility, sorry, who, who, or why is it not Deshaun? Oh yeah, Deshaun White. Deshaun yes, White. yes, yes. Uh, his game, but also looking forward with uh, the injury there to Addison, this week, it seems maybe even more possible. Is that right, that uh, maybe Caleb could look back outside? Uh, we'll see. You know, we'll see. It's, it's, you know, first thing we'll come down to is the game plan and, you know, what we decide to use personnel-wise defensively against UCLA. And then our, our linebacker depth is better, no question. It gives us, you know, we played, you know, four or five guys there inside, played a couple of guys outside, uh, was happy, happy with the way Deshaun White played for his first game. It, Again, you saw him moving around. You saw the athleticism. There's a few plays that he didn't make that he will make here pretty quickly. Um, but there was no hesitation in his game. And, and his athleticism, I mean, it, you, you see it. It's very noticeable. Um, so yeah, I think just when you look at our linebacker position at a whole, there's so many more bodies than there were at this time last year. So it does give us, and, and with that, there's also a lot more experience. And so it does give us the option to maybe have a little more versatility and try to get the, all the right pieces on the field. How did they look with Jacks in the game? Jacks played pretty good. Uh, you know, Mark was steady. You know, it was one of those where there wasn't just a ton of just true drop back passing. So there wasn't a ton of pass throw situations, but he had a few pressures. Um, thought he played pretty steady. Uh, John Michael Terry came in there and did a pretty solid job for us as well. He let one ball get outside of him, but other than that, I, I thought they were pretty steady. You know, nothing, nothing spectacular, but they certainly didn't hurt us either. You know, after the game, uh, about Ryan Jones and just his overall athletic ability and just everything that he encompasses when playing that, I guess, kind of the hybrid Sam position where he kind of covers and does everything that a linebacker does, but also does what a safety does. Uh, how, how did he look and how much of a difference does he make for that defense after you've actually gone back and watched the film and seen everything that he, he did? Yeah, similar to the team. I mean, he did some really, really good things, and then he, you know, he had some big mistakes too. And that's, uh, you know, so he, he played hard. He made some plays. Uh, There's a few mental mistakes that he's got to clean up, but he's going to. You know, it was his first college game. But you see, kind of what we described there after the game, the athleticism. You see the length, um, and he's, you know, for all, you know even though he's been now the outside backer with us here for you know a few months it's he hasn't done this his entire life you know he was a, a almost primarily a receiver and then played db some late in his high school career came here as a safety and then we've moved him back down so it is that whole part is still very new to him more than most of these other guys most of these other freshmen that come in um so you see him learning but you see the you just see kind of those flashes of dominance where you say this guy's got a chance to be a really good player but it's going to be a process and 
he, he's going to have to build on things he did well and then correct the things he didn't do well. Lincoln, at this time last year, Kenneth Mann wasn't even playing. Now he's one of the five captains. What's it been like, his growth, development on and off the field? Yeah, pretty steady. You know, he's always been just a really consistent worker. Um, worked himself, you know, about midseason on last year into a guy that became a situational player for us defensively. And, and just it was one of those guys that seemed like every game he's making a big play defensively. And, uh, and then he's really grown into certainly more of a leader. I think as last year ended, um, we started talking to him about the impact that he could have of, you know, getting ready to become a every down player first. And I think he's started to take those steps. He's not, it, there's not as much just maybe one flash play and then and then not much else. It's it's more consistent. He's better in the run game than he was. Um, so a better overall player. And then he's got, because of his work ethic, because of the way that he approaches the game, he has, he has an impact on the rest of our group. He's become more vocal. He's a the guy they look towards. And, you know, he's obviously done enough that his teammates elected him as one of the captains. How did you think the overall play yeah, pretty good. We, uh, I thought our, I thought our ends, especially, you know, were some of the best players uh, in the game defensively. You know, Monty Bloodso had a really strong game. Ronnie Perkins, as we mentioned, uh, had a strong game. Tyrese Lott uh, had a strong game. So uh, Kenneth Mann played well. Um, we, we need our noses to play a little bit better. We had some, some really good, outstanding individual plays. Neville had a couple of, you know, really, really good plays. But you know, that's a group for us. You know, with having, you know, Gallimore, with having Dylan and then and then Q Overton, those three guys, I mean, we've got some depth, you know, they can keep each other fresh. All three of those guys have played a lot of snaps. That's that's a position for us that we expect to be dominant, so we need to make a jump at that position. Buzzy was named Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Week. You know, he's had a great camp for you. That two position, both those guys had six tackles apiece. That position looked like it was a pretty strong position. It is. It is. Uh, he, he, yeah, Buzzy played well. Obviously played well defensively and had the big, you know, recovery off the off the punt block. So I thought he he flew around, made some plays. Um, you know, for his first defensive start, I thought he handled it well. And then Caleb came in and did a great job as well. So they, you know, both got a good number of snaps. You know, I'm sure that'll be a competition that'll continue to. You know that'll continue to develop throughout the year. Um, you know, require both guys to continue to improve, and then also, you know, it'll be you know potentially fun down the line to find some ways to get them both on the field because they're both really good players. Lincoln, as you've come up as a play caller and, and learn more about offense, how much did you study Ch what Chip Kelly has done through his career? Was that was that someone you looked to, and if so, did you take anything from his system? Um, yeah, we we've studied him some. Uh, yeah, just maybe more. And how he packages plays, you know, I thought it was pretty creative. Um, I think everybody's taken some things, you know, from what they did from a tempo standpoint. I mean, I think I think everybody's looked at that a little bit. Um, you know, we're quite a bit different schematically, you know, than they are now. Um, but I think maybe some of the principles and some of the packaging was always, you know, eye popping. And and then, uh, you know, I thought they were always very creative too. You know, so there's. You could almost always turn on the film and find something that was maybe a new idea or a new wrinkle that you thought maybe could could help or that you could build into your own system. So yeah, there's there's always somebody that you know when they were at Oregon when those guys were on TV, you're always trying to catch a peek of it or see what they were doing. Lincoln, can you describe for the readers, the fans, whatever, the type of uh, athlete that you're going to step up to this week compared to Florida Atlantic? I mean, they had some some high-level Division One transfers, but this is a team full of. I love Division One. Yeah, players. yeah, the body types are different. 
you know, certainly, especially when you look around the line of scrimmage, you know, that's the, the spot that it's the most noticeable. I mean, you're going to, you know, these two outside linebackers were getting ready to play. I mean, both look as good as you can look and play outside linebacker. I mean, both, you know, long, you know, rocked up, can move. I mean, just, you know, kind of how you draw them up. Um, so they're going to look like that front seven defensively. You know, I know they're very good in the back end, which, I, you know, I think the you know, I think the group last week was too. Um, yeah, and then certainly, you know, offensive line, their tight ends, their backs. I mean, it's, it is, uh, you're, you're certainly going to see more athletes on the field and you're just going to see, you know, just bigger frames, bigger people, bigger people overall. So, you know, it's, it's always been a program that's, you know, they've always recruited well, regardless who's been the head coach. They've always had a lot of talent. They've always put a lot of guys in the NFL. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, it's definitely going to be a different looking type team that walks on the field. Obviously, no schematic secrets or anything like that, but how does that change how you approach this game? That doesn't much. I mean, I, you know, we're going to play against good players. And, uh, you know, I think more for us, it's, uh, you know, of course, you'll have your game plan that you, you know, best ways you think to, to, uh, to approach the game on all three sides. But it, it, for us, it's going to come back to, you know, we got to make the improvements from week one to week two. And, and we got to control that as a team. And that, that'll be our primary focus. He was, he was good. He was good. I thought he played really well. I thought he handled the situation. Uh, probably more than anything, proud of his patience. Um, and that he just he played within himself. He played within the offense. And, and that's what he's been doing. I wasn't surprised by it. But sometimes, you know, a guy like this, and even though it wasn't his first start, in a way it was his first start, you know, of, of being the guy. And so uh, I thought he handled it well. You know, was patient, read read it well, threw it well. Um, the couple times that that we had something break down, he you know he made things happen, but made good decisions within those those situations too. So uh, I thought it was a you know a really good first start for him. Specifically the the scramble uh, just before the first touchdown. Mm-hmm. What do you think going back and looking at that play on film, and also do you get a sense of what that does to a defense when a quarterback does something like that? Yeah, it it made him tired too. It probably it probably made the defense tired as well. I, uh, yeah, we busted a you know we busted a, a, a an assignment on that that led to it. And yeah, he he handled it well. You know, it it's he's he's got you know unique ability. And some guys when they start to reverse field like that, you wouldn't be real happy with. But I mean, he's just kind of got the ability to to get around it. And had he not stumbled, he he might have taken it the whole way. And so. Uh, that was an interesting sound there. Um, and uh, so, yeah, he – I kind of lost my train of thought a little bit. That was distracting. <laughs> uh, 90,000 doesn't do anything to me, but the cat sound over there got me. Um, so, but, no, yeah, he, it, it does. It is demoralizing, you know, because it's one of those plays where, you know, if you're Florida Atlantic, you're saying, you know, they're moving it pretty good. We had something, you know, perfect where we had a guy dead to rights and they gained 12 or 15 yards off of it. I mean, no doubt it, it hurts them. And, you know, and then we're able to pop the next one, the very next play. Lincoln, what does it say about your running back room that you get five touchdowns by four different backs? Yes, yeah, uh, you know, it was a start we were hoping for. You know, we wanted to be able to, to play those guys. We wanted to be able to keep guys fresh, you know, and be able to continue to throw fresh backs at them like we, you know, hope that we can do throughout the season here. And, uh, and I was really proud of the two young guys, you know, the way they came in and played in their first game action. You know, TJ ran really hard. Uh, 
was a little impatient at times, um, which he's going to get better with that, you know, especially his early carries. But then he settled in and really had some ripped off some nice runs, was physical, um, did a nice job pass pro. And then, you know, Kenny Brooks, of course, busted the long run. Had a, um, you know, I think I think I would have scored on that one. Um, so that's when you know it was well blocked. But uh, he had another really nice run there on the on their sideline um, that he made a little bit a little bit of something happen too. So I think it was a good confidence builder for those guys, and certainly you know it's it's important to have that many backs like we said. Installing a new offense at UCLA. What were your biggest challenges when you didn't install at East Carolina and Oklahoma? Getting them to believe in it. You know, that's the they figure out the scheme stuff. I mean, the, probably the, the small nuances of the scheme is, is, you know, is part of it. But, yeah, I think just building confidence, you know, and I think it's one of those things that you have to, I know in my experience, it takes some success to do that. And uh, so, you know, even we had a little bit of success early in, early in 2015, a little bit, but then, you know, we didn't really take off till about mid-season that year, um, specifically kind of around that Kansas State game. And that was uh, – so I do think there's a little bit of a breakthrough that's got to happen mentally. Um, you know, he's done it more than me. He would know better than me. But I think, um, you know, I think until they really believe in it, it's tough to it's tough to be great. At least it has been in my experience. When people think about the spread in the early days, they thought, you know, pass, 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 running was the second thought. In Oklahoma, obviously, run the football has it has the office evolved or you have more running or you just doing with better players and say texas tech and others just talk about how the running game is kind of a big part of the spread sure yeah no we we have a we have exponentially more run game than anywhere i've ever been i mean it's we probably have more run game than anybody in the country right now i mean we have we do a lot of stuff you know and we do but we've got We've got guys that can do it. We've got guys that understand it. You know, we've got a staff, you know, that's on the same page offensively. So we are, you know, when we're clicking, we're able to, to keep people off balance because, because of that versatility. And, and again, the, I think the key for it is our, our players right now can handle it. You know, and I think that, that, that's where continuity comes into play, having linemen that have played for a while, having some experienced backs. And then again, I just keep going back to being able to keep this, this staff together as many years as we have, despite some of the success we've had offensively. You know, it's a credit to, you know, to Joe and, and his group of, of being able to, to, you know, being able to help keep these guys around. I think, I think they enjoy what they're doing here, getting to work at a place like this. And, and uh, it certainly, I think, made a difference for us, you know, offensively and specifically in the run game. Like in perfect world, you, every quarterback you sign would stay four or five years and you'd have a depth chart that not just, you know, as deep, but was had some experience to it, even if they weren't starting every year. The quarterback got nicked up, maybe easier for you to, to sleep at night, even no matter where he was. Uh, but that doesn't, is that realistic anymore? No. Especially at that position. Not really. That's not, it's, it's different. It's, you're, you're always on the market for a quarterback now. I mean, always there's, even if you have four, you may really only have two, you know, and, and, uh, and we've learned that, you know, we went through that the, obviously the first year and, and, you know, we've had to be smart about taking care of our guys. I know, especially, you know, that first year after all those guys left. Um, but that's just the world we live in. I mean, you see it all over the place. Guys not winning jobs, you know, and, and leaving, um, transferring out, teams losing two or three guys at a time, you know, especially after competitions, you know, happened. Um, so, 
Um, you know, I think we're always going to be able to attract good ones, you know, because of the history here, because of, you know, because of what we do, because of the players we can surround them with. And, and so uh, I think, you know, we're probably in a better position than most because of that. But it's certainly one that the door is never shut on a great quarterback coming in here, whether it's a high school player, a junior college player, a, a graduate transfer. I mean, it's, you know, I think you're, I think that you're, you're always on the market. Coaches are always asking their kids to be patient. Your time will come, and, and I understand the, the idea behind that. But but again, it's such a it's such a natural leadership position, the quarterback. It's such a you know you want the ball literally. Your ball's in your hands every play, and you're used to having it in your hands. You come from high school, and you're a hot shot. So do you have to again? You're a little more lenient with trying to get into a kid's mindset when he feels like it's time to try somewhere else. Um. Expect everyone to be faithful and no, I mean I, I, works out. I, I get, you know, I go back to that situation what, what it was three years ago. I mean, you know, when Trevor, for example, when he came and sat down and talked to me after the season, we talked before the Orange Bowl, and you know, we he just said, hey, you know, what do you think? And I said, you know, of course we'd love to have you here, but I said I do, if you decide to leave and go somewhere as a graduate transfer, I get it. Like, I, I, I would fully support that, you know, and it just comes down at the end of the day to what you want because I, I can sit there and talk them into whatever or try to, but if they, if deep down they really don't want to be here and they want to try it somewhere else, that's, that's probably what they should go do. And, uh, you know, so you don't want somebody that's just kind of halfway in. And so I think, I, yeah, I think you, it's something you, you think about. I think it's something you've just always got to be prepared for. And there's always kind of got to be that contingency plan that if, you know, if this guy leaves, this may be our next step. Are you optimistic, are you optimistic that you might see some uh, other special teams improvement, particularly in the return game where it hasn't been real good lately because of the Beamer factor? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think Shane's had a, a, a really good impact on us, but I I wouldn't just say just because of that. I mean, I think it's again, I think it's a work of a lot of people. That's you know, again, it's like the quarterback and the head coach get all the credit or all the blame, and and, and uh, that's you know, it's kind of the same way. I mean, Shane absolutely has had a tremendous impact. I don't want to discount at all. We've been thrilled with that hire, um, but I think the you know, I think. Everybody collectively has been just completely, you know, more invested. Uh, we've spent more time on it. Um, there's just a just a total, just increase in the emphasis on special teams right now. And so I think that play the other day was a part of that. Shane is certainly a part of that. Bull, Coach Bulware is a part of it. The staff, the players, everybody. And so, uh, yeah, absolutely, I expect it. I mean, I expect that we'll have a lot of big plays on special teams that that hopefully will be, uh, you know, part of what defines this season. You brought up impatience when you talk about TJ Pledger. Is that one of the hardest things to get young players to learn? Patience. I mean, I think we saw it with Ronnie Perkins on some of the plays. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is because sometimes they, you know, they get in that game, especially that first one, you know, and they think it's all just go hard, go fast all the time, you know. And I think they, once they really get confident in the schemes that hey, what I've done in practice actually does work here, you know, and they really. Uh, they really can just kind of settle in and catch their breath and get their feet back on the ground, and then they can do that. And uh, TJ did it some there towards the end of the game. He had some much more patient runs at the end than he did in the beginning. But that's, I would say, very common for any position. What does it say about Lee Morris from a mental standpoint that it seems like when there's a play to be made, he's able to make it? Yeah, he's just – he's – you know, the guy's just really – he's worked his tail off the whole time since he's been here. Uh, he just – 
he's very consistent day in and day out. And then when his opportunities have come, whether it's you know in some mop up time against UTEP last year, or it's on you know one of the biggest stages in college football in the Ohio State game, or some obviously some critical plays for us the other day, the the moment's never been too big for him. And I think he just has a lot of confidence in himself as he should because of the way he has just consistently worked and prepared over the last three years. And uh, so he's got a lot of confidence in himself, and we certainly have a lot of confidence in him as a, as a staff right now. Are you familiar with his recruiting story and why he didn't get a lot of offers or the offers that he wanted? Yeah, I, pretty, pretty familiar because we, as much as we can without him becoming a recruited walk-on, uh, but we, you know, we, we actively pursued him and, uh, and worked hard at it within those regulations. And uh, we, were, we were shocked, honestly, coming out of Allen. Here you got a, you know, one of the most highly recruited schools in the country you know, with all the other players they had here. He was a little bit of a late bloomer in high school, which, you know, there's a lot of guys like that with recruiting happening so early that do fall through the cracks. And he was one of those guys. He had a he had a tremendous senior year and uh, we were in contact with those guys. And, and uh, it, it just, you know, one conversation kind of led to another. And, and we were shocked he didn't have more options. And he had some options, but we were shocked that, you know, he didn't have more and, and more bigger options than what he had. And it's... Uh, yeah, it's obviously worked out, you know, I think great for everybody. We've He's been a big part of us for sure. What does it say about your offense that a player like CeeDee Lamb only gets a you know, handful of looks during the game while he's out there? You guys still score in such a high efficiency. Yeah, you know, it was, it was kind of just one of those games, you know. I mean, we only played the starters, you know, you know, really there the first half. Um, and it was one of those, you know, that we just we, – we hit so many big ones, you know, that there wasn't a lot of – you know, 10, 12 play drives. There just wasn't a lot of plays overall. I mean, I think we were in the 60s there plays. You take out the three victory snaps at the end, we were probably right about 60 plays, you know, which is not very many. So, yeah, just it gets, some games are going to go like that. You know, some games uh, guys get there, some, some games they don't. I think they, you know, all have enough confidence in what we're doing. You know, even a guy like CD that – you know, that I think it's going to have a great year that, you know, those big games are going to come. You know, you just got to keep doing your job and, and those those opportunities will show up for everybody. What do you see from him in the return game? He got a chance to, to field quite a few punts and get some experience there in the return game. Yeah, I thought he did a great job fielding him. I uh, thought, thought we could have been a little bit better, you know, uh, carrying the ball, honestly. I uh, got pretty high expectations for him carrying the ball. I thought at times it was... You know, maybe trying to – it was almost maybe a little too patient. You know, sometimes you just got to go. Um, and I thought we gave him some, a little bit of air on the punt return team. I mean, we, we blocked him at times and had, had some yardage. I know he was maybe trying to hit the big one every time or one of those where he probably could have been, you know, more consistently getting us, you know, 10, 15 yards at a pop. So, um, but he's, you know, he's a good natural runner with the ball. And I think he'll uh, – but proud of the way he, that, he, uh, that he fielded. And I think he's taking some steps there for sure. At the end of the game, Chris Roberts, you guys had a, an embrace, a guy that you dismissed from the team a year ago. And, uh, how much can you share that conversation, what that was about, and what he said? Yeah, uh, he didn't say much. Uh, I'd probably keep it between us, you know, just with the circumstance and all that. I mean, I think, you know, I've talked a lot about my respect for him and, and you know, uh, being a fan of his going forward, so but I would probably leave what, what we said, you know, between us. Lee, this is your marquee opponent on the non-conference schedule. Can you talk about future years and how much you and Joe work together on planning those future schedules? 
Yeah, it's been great. You know, it's it's uh, you know the ones we're looking at now are well well down the line. Um, hopefully, they hadn't ran me off out of here before we get to them. Um, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's fun to look at those. You, you know, to think ahead. You don't you don't always know what people are going to be. You know, in in five ten years. So you just kind of you do your best, and then and there's also the the fan aspect of that too. You know, bringing bringing marquee games here has been kind of a hallmark of this program, and you know something that we want to continue. So it's been great working with you know with with Joe with Kenny uh, with our entire administrative group. They've got a, a good plan that we're very much in line with, and and we love playing these games like this. Absolutely. Realizing that you might like to break your own news when you give a walk on a scholarship with a, a YouTube video or something like that, do you have one to give to Lee Morris? Should we expect you to surprise us or maybe not surprise us? I can't believe I didn't get asked this sooner. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's there's a lot that goes into it. You know, the, the casual fan or somebody out there is, you know, you you sit there first and then you, you know, there's there's number issues, which is always it's never as clear cut as it seems because your numbers basically change weekly, if not daily, uh, depending on where the recruiting class is, guys that you have leaving, projecting the future, where your needs are. I mean, it's 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 it would be a little difficult to explain the whole thing, but it's a moving target. I, I mean, he's a guy that we certainly we always have a list of guys that hey, when when we feel like that we can do it, that you know that are on that list, um, and he's certainly at or near the top of that list for us, no doubt. So I mean, I, I think one of those things it's probably a matter of time. You know, we I'd love to have had him on even before this, but I got a. As much as you want to make sure it's right for the kid, which that's a huge part of it, but it's also got to line and be right for the program too. And so those are the two things. Once we get those in line, then then that's when we make decisions. Right. We did. We learned about it, you know, kind of as we started to get to know him coming out of Allen, you know, on the lineage there. And so I think there was a comfort factor there, and that's really kind of what got the door open in the first place. Have you had much interaction with Jim Kelly? I don't think I've ever met him. I don't think. I don't think so. I don't think we've ever met. So no, zero. zero. Did these early kickoffs affect what you want to do recruiting wise? Yes. In what yes. way? Well, we got a kid coming in this weekend that's got to have a. That's got to get in a car to go to the airport at two a.m., which stinks, you know. So I mean, it's. No, I, I don't like them at all. I get you're going to have some. I mean, we all, you know, nobody's going to get what they want every single time. But it's, no, it's not right, especially to have three in a row. That it, it shouldn't happen, but it did, and we got to deal with it. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll work around it. Um, we 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 had a great weekend with our guys that were in this last week. We made it work, and we'll we will find a way to make it work again. Is Creed Humphrey, is Creed Humphrey being left-handed? Uh, an issue catching the ball. You know, you hear about passes yeah, being yeah. thrown by left-handers. You know, it is a little, uh, not necessarily the shotgun, a little bit un under center. It's a little bit different, you know, angle coming in there. But our, we've, you know, we've tuned our guys in enough of getting snaps from both guys that, that it's not an issue for us now. It, it was early in spring, it was. And even last season as we practiced him some, it was. But our guys are pretty settled in with it now. Lee, Miles, Drake, Nick, have you been able to put a finger on why walk-ons are having so much success in the program right now? No, it's been great. We were actually talking about that in our staff meeting this morning, you know, just continuing to bring in great walk-ons. It's something we, we believe in a lot. 
uh, something we're really working hard at. And I think, you know, get, you know, if you're a walk-on guy out there that maybe like a Lee Morris that got overlooked, man, you can, this is a program you can look at and say, I can go there and get an opportunity. And if I, you know, do what I'm supposed to do, then then I can get an opportunity to play and earn scholarships and do all the things that a lot of those guys have done. So. Uh, I think it's, uh, you know, we've gotten lucky that we've had guys that want to play here, and, but the staff has also worked hard on, on those guys, and it's, uh, it's an important part of our program, without a doubt. Lincoln, did you have to catch uh, Coach Leach's new play? I did. I did. Are you familiar with the big goal? I, I'm not. I am, uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure I'll get a text about it probably about 3 a.m. here um, with, with something about it. So. Microsoft engineer, he's talking about. I have, no, I have no clue. There's no telling. Yeah, he's been up in the Northwest too long. Lincoln, when you get that, you, you, the game's over and you see that number, I think it was 11 true freshman plays. What did you think of that number? And does that really now kind of kickstart your plan for what you want to do the rest of the way with guys? Or do you just keep throwing them out there and if they go past, they go past? Yeah, I think it's uh, it, it gives you something to start. You know, we've already had some initial conversations about you know the impact of the first one and looking ahead at the second one but I think for us it's it's going to be a little more week to week you know managing what guys you think can come make impacts right now or are there some guys that you feel like you know the four game deal is still in play and we need to keep that in mind so we're we're trying to classify guys and trying to like I said just be as organized as we can on it right now what's the status of EYT the Turner Kid, the freshman, yep. he was he was uh, not in uniform. Yeah, he uh, he had a lower uh, lower body injury uh, last week during practice. Was a guy that well, we expected to play quite a bit for us, both defensively and special teams wise. So uh, uh, similar to similar to Austin's in that uh, we'll see how he responds to treatment. I don't know that I expect him back this week. Probably not this week, um, but you know, a guy that we hope to get back here soon because he he would. He was really, really playing well. We really like what we have with him and what we've seen on the practice field up to this point. About Drake Stoops, can you maybe go into what are some of the qualities he, he must have to be able to come in and play immediately, but yet aren't qualities that might have jumped off the screen for other college coaches, making him a, as big a recruit as he might have been? Uh, yeah, the, the qualities that we've seen are about exactly what we expected. I mean, I thought he was a scholarship caliber player coming in here. I mean, I really thought we were, in a lot of ways, getting a steal. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I turned on the film, and there's no stop I've been at that I wouldn't have offered him. Uh, our staff all felt the same way. Why did he get overlooked? You know, you, could, you know, it's the typical answer for those guys. You know, he's not six four, and he's not a you know four three guy. I mean, and that's that's just it is what it is. And so, there's a long history of guys like him that have been overlooked that have become outstanding, both college players and NFL players. Um, he's got a long road ahead of him, but he's he's competitive. He catches the ball very well, has a knack for making plays. He's smart. Um, he's going to continue to get better and better, and uh, he'll continue to improve physically. So he's got a bright future here. Why didn't you, Mike, why didn't you offer him a scholarship? It's because he didn't need one, and you figured you'd get him anyway? No, not really. We, we honestly, we, we had some guys offered earlier um, and, and filled up at that position. And had we not been filled up, we probably would have offered him there at the end. We probably would have. And uh, you think his last name has anything to do with maybe other programs not offering, just kind of figuring 
maybe he's going to go to Oklahoma no matter what? Or I don't know. It's a, it's it's interesting. If I you know if I was another program with his last name, that would make me more likely to to offer him. I mean, you know, one thing you always say is, man, it's tough to beat coaches' kids. You know, they've been around the game all their lives. They know it. There's often a toughness and a competitiveness with those guys that you can. Not that you don't get it with others, but you can take it to the bank more often with coaches' kids. And uh, so, now I, I guess part of me surprised he didn't get more offers, but part of me, you know, people are always scared if guys don't have perfect intangibles, you know. So I, I guess part of me is not surprised. So, um, but no, I'm glad we got him. Uh, it probably his last name here. I've even told Drake this probably probably hurt his chances here just for me, and it's not fair, but it's. I was probably a harder judge on him of, you know, wanting to, because of his dad's time here and all that, just maybe I was maybe even more patient in recruiting him. We were because of that. And uh, not that we were right. Uh, he's, we believed in him as a player, but you know, there's some, there's some challenges that come with that too. I mean, no doubt. I mean, just the, the, the amount of, pressure on the kid or all the eyes on him. And so I just, I guess at the end, I really wanted it for, for me, I wanted it to be something that he absolutely wanted to do. And I knew if he did, that he would come make it work. And so far he's done a tremendous job. Yeah, yeah, I talked to him after the game. Uh, they were excited, excited about the way the team played, excited a lot like any other parents that just excited to see their guy, their, their kid out there, you know, for the first time and they'd be able to catch some balls. I mean, they were, they were thrilled and excited for everybody. Did you feel when uh, Herbie called you by far the best offensive coach in uh, college football? Oh, it's, yeah. Was save and say rat poison. Um, you know, that's, it, it, that's a nice compliment. I mean, we've had a lot of really good players here. And I, again, I've talked again about our staff and, that the I think the staff that we have offensively is the best in college football. I do, and uh, I think we've worked well together, and we've had players have been bought in. So, you know, hopefully, we can keep keep scoring some points. Okay. Last question. You, it's only one game in, but you know the past two years you guys had some really high recruiting classes as far as rankings goes. Can you kind of quantify what those two classes has kind of meant to the program when you look out on the field and you see a lot of. 2017 and 2018 kids out there playing and not only playing but contributing in a really big way. Yeah, I think it's important. I mean, I, I think it shows the value of being able to stack up those recruiting classes. I mean, I think, you know, one great one here and there doesn't make you, you know, you've got to be able to do it year in and year out. And so, and I think it shows the guys in the future that, you know, you come here and work hard and do well, you're going to have opportunities uh, to play early in your career here. You know, here it's not about, it's not about seniority. We know we respect, of course, our older guys and the guys that have produced. But you know, here it's what have you done for this program lately, coaches and players. That's just that's the only way you get better. So people are going to have opportunities to come here, and we're going to do everything we can to continue to stack recruiting classes on the the you know really solid ones we had in 17 and 18. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. 